welcome back to the Bring It Back podcast. My name is Nathan. And I'm Micah. And we want to just have really authentic, unique conversations and try to tackle different topics that maybe you don't hear kind of navigated through the lens that we'll look at things through. We're going to use the Bible as the lens and the foundation that builds our worldview and gives us kind of the answers to some of these questions that we're talking about. So thanks for joining and let's get into it. Well, Nate, this is the cleanest I've ever seen your room. Uh, thank you. Congrats on that. We record this podcast in my bedroom. <laughs> yeah. I, I do like to keep it clean, but the, the clothes, like once I'm mid pool cleaning mode yeah. and then just been playing sports and you come back and you're just gassed mm-hmm. things lying around. Yeah. But having your room clean does feels good. feel good, gives you greater mental clarity. Yeah. And then it's kind of like whenever you go on a road trip. You want to make sure your house is in order or it's just like one thing that's digging away at the back of your brain. That happens to me in my bedroom. Yeah. Um, yeah, guys, clean your clean your room. I'm I'm not a... I wish I was more disciplined in the actual making my bed part because hmm. uh, I think it was Jocko Willink and... Jocko. What's uh, Denzel Washington? They both talk about just making your bed. Denzel. You don't talk about making your bed? He does, but he actually... he's he's got a, He's got an incredible part that actually includes God and he says really? you need to put your shoes all the way underneath your bed so the first thing you do every morning is you get on your knees and once you're on your knees you go ahead and you pray oh very cool so I love Denzel that's cool I didn't know that about him yeah I didn't know he's a believer I had an English teacher in high school and her thing was feet on the floor good morning Lord she's not as cool as Denzel but I still think about it sometimes I don't think you need to be as cool as Denzel you just get it catchy line and yeah put in practice i did not like her very much personality wise but that's really the biggest problem that i have between her and denzel (laughs) i do like uh talking about old teachers my dad sent me a text yesterday that Mm -hmm. said hey son i i saw miss Klinger, Uh um and she still remembers you and speaks fondly of you yeah and i was like dude miss Klinger was my favorite teacher yeah i think just those older teachers like from back in the day elementary middle school that you still remember had a positive impact. Yeah. Um, I think they're one of the reasons that I ended up teaching, like at Metro and yeah. at Community Care College. Definitely. Uh, just people that cared about you and were encouraging from the mm-hmm. get-go, you know? Yeah. I think there's one or two of my old teachers that listens to this, so hey, guys. Hey, teachers. Thanks for getting me here. Nice. That's awesome. So we are going to take a little bit of a break. I think uh, Mike asked me last week, what I wanted to do for the pod, and I gave this topic, not remembering that we were in the middle of the gifts of the spirit, uh, like thing. So I texted him today. I was like, "Wait, are, weren't we doing a series on something?" And he said, "Yeah, but I prepped for this." So I was like, "Yeah, that makes sense." <laughs> so we are going to stay uh, with our original plan, which is staying on this topic of boundaries uh, and levels of friendship, and what does the scripture actually say? about that. Mm. You know my answer to the what does scripture say about levels of friendship? Not a lot. Oh, absolutely. Not a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why this one is so interesting because this topic feels like it's one that gets talked about a lot amongst church people. Sure. Is like levels of friendship and yeah. boundaries and all these things. Everybody wants to talk about boundaries because it's like it's the podcast to do especially if you're doing like leadership podcast. And it's funny that it's such like a Christian like pod topic or conversation topic yeah because there's I, there's just like not a whole lot that gives you an outline of like what your friendship boundary should look like in scripture 
So, as always on our pod, that's what we're going to try to do is figure it out a little bit. Nice. So where, where does your mind go to initially when you think about this? Or even, was there a reason that this was something you wanted to talk about? Yeah. So, I mean, the honest answer of why I want to talk about this is there was a lady uh-huh. that I became interested in. And I was trying to figure out and discern, like, what is appropriate for me to talk to her about? Okay. Yeah. Um, because I haven't been in a relationship in a while, and I want to make sure I do things the right way. Yep. Um, and then in conjunction with that, I was just thinking about all of the good friends that I do have. Mm-hmm. And yeah, even something like a, a relationship, wanting to update people on things. And I was just thinking, man, I've had disciplined seasons of my life where I would sit down to the people that I cared the most about and have one-on-one conversations, have it on the calendar, and then make sure that they happen. And then I think I'm in a season right now where I still have those conversations, but I haven't been as disciplined at putting them on the calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, so just thinking about, yeah, what what is important for me to share um, and for me to do and what are proper expectations when it just comes to people that have shared kingdom beliefs and then with other people who don't have those same shared beliefs. So mm-hmm. the first thing that I thought of right when you asked me that question, yeah. like the first question before you asked what triggered this, uh-huh. is a book by Danny Silk. Okay. I've heard of Danny Silk. I haven't read a book. He's a by. pastor out in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe, and I could be wrong on this, but I believe he had a lot of trouble with his marriage and then- they got divorced, but they got back together. Oh. And then it became a, a great rallying point for couples that were going through hard stuff. Oh, it's awesome. Um, and he wrote a book called Keep Your Love On. And uh, it came out around the time that a Star Wars movie was coming out. And Keep Your Love On, the letters, uh-huh. the acronym is Kylo, like Kylo Ren. Okay. So, uh, for me, it always will stick in my brain. I bought that book for a bunch of friends. And actually, I would encourage you to read it. I may end up buying it. Yeah, I don't have one on me, dude. I, that would have been so cool. Um, but keep your love on, uh, Danny Silk. It's on communication, relationships, and boundaries. Cool. Um, and so that was the first thing I thought of whenever you asked that. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious. You didn't come up with the topic, but yeah. you jumped on it real quick. What was like your first thought process when this topic got introduced? Yeah, I, I guess the question that people always ask is like, what's appropriate to share with the certain people or like what people do I talk to about what and like who, what do I hold back from certain people and I guess my big question is just like because I do think we see a lot in scripture about like authenticity and just like speaking openly about the things that the Lord is doing in our lives and then I guess my question is always just like okay if something's happening in your life why would you not want to tell somebody about that and then I guess trying to dig in from there of like, okay, if there's something that you want to talk about, what are the reasons that you think you should not talk about it? And I feel like a lot of the times those reasons are are not always like, I don't want to say not valid, but not something that's like a scriptural command where people are like, you should not talk about um, like the person that you're dating with everybody right away. And I get that from the logistical standpoint of like, you don't want everybody to know. Like I get all that. But if you've been dating for six months and you're still trying to keep it a secret, my question is like, okay, like why? Yeah. So I don't know. My my question always just is like, why do you, why would you not share something with somebody, especially something faith-wise that's going on in your heart? Like a lot of people shy away from just like pretty raw authenticity of like what the Lord's doing in their heart. Yeah. And like that's just reserved for like me and like my inner circle or even for some people, it's just like that's just between me and God. And I'll say I think that's bad like right away. And I know people who have made like substantial life decisions without um, 
conferring with community or guiding people into that. And I think a lot of them have been the wrong life decisions. Um, So yeah, I just think like there's some kind of balance here between like not just sharing everything with everybody, but also not being so closed off and having so many boundaries that we don't actually allow anybody into our lives in some capacity. Yeah, I think one of the reasons people may not want to share stuff, like I was just trying to scan my brain while you were talking there. Like what what would be maybe something that's not clearly wrong or clearly right, but maybe a a gray area. It's like, well, if I'm sharing information that uh, negatively impacts somebody else Mm -hmm. that didn't give me permission to share with others, right? That's probably a Yeah, that's like one or nine piece. Yeah. Um, And then one that would be really, you know, bad, something, (laughs) a, a bad reason to not share something would be because I don't want that, uh, like me to be held responsible for what I said. Yeah. Which is like, okay, but you're saying it. So maybe I don't want to get taken advantage of for being too vulnerable with a person that I don't trust. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> that one I put like more in that gray area because I think, you know, trust is something that's given and you want to make sure that you're putting your trust in, in people. For the like uh, disclaimer that you put out, if it's something God's doing in your life, if embarrassment is the only thing that it's going to cost you from sharing something, exactly. that's not a good enough reason to not share. And that's what I'm getting after. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if it's something that God's doing in your life, great. Like, I, I think we could just wipe that one away real quick. Uh, the truth will set you free. I just know that anytime that there's something I'm wrestling with and kind of considering getting off my chest, I feel liberated having shared it. Always. Um, I may have shared this story or maybe... I haven't on the pod. I know I've shared it with you at least yeah. at some point in the time, but at Shepherd's Fold, uh, kids camp that we both grew up going to and working at, um, it's John Fouch was just the coolest counselor ever, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, cool guy. You wanted to be like, and he had a twinkle in his eye like Jesus yeah. and Santa Claus wrapped into one. Thank you, C.S. Lewis. Uh, like Aslan. But I, I remember talking to him and confessing to him for the first time in my life to another human being that I had watched pornography and that yeah. I had masturbated. Mm-hmm. And that was like such a big emotional moment for mm-hmm. me to just like, oh, I, I've done this thing that has separated me from God and I feel isolated on my own little island. Yeah. And John created an atmosphere where I felt safe and comfortable to share information with him. And then he challenged me and prompted me. He said, yeah. man, thank you so much for sharing you've created an atmosphere where other guys are now willing to, you know, give this up to the Lord. Yeah. And uh, then he said, well, now, Nathan, I want you to do something. Yeah. I want you to go tell your brother. And so my brother is working at camp. I think he's cam director doing some graphic or something uh, on the team at that point in time. And I just remember walking up the hill from ranch camp to like the, the top of the hill, the Eagle's Nest. And I see my brother and I'm like, Daniel, I have to tell you something. And, you know, he can see tears welling up in my eye. And uh, he's like, what's it, buddy? He's like, I watch porn, you know? And then, so Daniel just hugs me in a bear hug. He's like, thanks for telling me. And we'll, we'll we'll work on this thing together, you know? And so that for me is a specific example of withholding information, maybe in part due to shame, right? Um, in part due to um, not really knowing that I can share this or maybe being scared of the repercussion of me sharing something. Um, And the value, like the instant relief that I feel as a result of sharing something with trusted close people that I love Mm -hmm. to know that I'm not alone. 
Um, and so, yeah, I know there's a lot of different things that we're going to end up covering and maybe I start off a little hot and heavy here hitting that one, but it was one of the things that I thought was very important to share is that when you've experienced, like the truth will set you free. For me, that is just like, that's the example that I think of in my own life where liberation uh, from, you know, sometimes in songs we, we talk about our chains being broken, yeah. us being freed. Yeah, for me, it's that sharing things that feel like they should be kept in a dusty corner, hidden away from the rest of the world. Nah, you got to share that stuff. Can't just can't just say, oh, God's working on me and he's doing big things in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like if, if the Lord really is doing something in your heart that's really challenging you, I guess my question is just always like, why would you not want to share that with somebody? Yeah. Like, isn't that the very nature, like when it talks about the body of Christ and us like bearing each other's burdens? Um, and, and like sharing in the word and power of our testimony. Like, is that not what we're doing when we're talking about, because people love to be like open and authentic on the other side of like their struggle or whatever sure. it is. People don't like to do that as much when they're in the middle of it. And then like, I get it. I understand sinfully where that comes from, but my, then my flip side is that that doesn't mean that you should do it that way. Um, like in Proverbs, Proverbs 18, one, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. So again, we see, and Proverbs, one of the wisdom books, some of the wisdom literature, like isolation is not good for us, especially when it comes to like decision making and processing through like our feelings on our own. As a lot of times when we isolate, what ends up happening is we just get caught in our own thoughts and we convince ourselves that what we're thinking is right. And we don't allow ourselves to be open to reproach at all in any capacity. Um, and again, in Proverbs 27, five through six, it says, better is an open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are wounds of a friend. Like for us to be wounded and be open to reproach, we have to be open with what's going on in our hearts. And Proverbs says that it's good for us to receive rebuke from people that we know. And we're not going to receive that if we just like bottle up everything ever and don't talk to anybody about it. You know? Yeah. Those those relationships with friends um, that you you do trust their rebuke and that your friendship isn't immediately broken because they say something that kind of hurts you but it hurts you for the the benefit of yourself yeah um yeah i'm not just saying or encouraging people to just hurt your friends because that that's masochistic behavior and that's not good um but if you see something that your friend is doing that is to their detriment mm -hmm. and you don't advise them of altering their path yeah. um i think your friendship is capped uh because yeah. you know avoiding confrontation because it's difficult for you which will lead to the pain of another. You're gonna put me in a soapbox, and they <laughs> had the yeah that 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 is not loving. Um, and it, we are called to judge um, mm -hmm. other believers. Other believers. First yeah. Corinthians five. You cannot read First Corinthians five and not say that you're like not called to judge people who are believers. People that are outside the church, not your job. It's like not your job to judge them. Yeah, that's God's thing. You treat them as an unbeliever, but once they've claimed the name of Christ and they're saying, hey, I'm a brother or a sister with you, like you have a responsibility biblically to to call people back to the truth of the gospel and a standard that has been set for us and how we live our lives. Yeah. Like, there's no way around it. Um, I was thinking of how to try to clearly define different groups because we, we've mentioned boundaries and we've talked about levels of intimacy or friendship. And we, I think we jumped into like, I don't know, level three or kind of in that area where we have shared beliefs and we trust each other. Um, ones I think about is like, first of all, just like an acquaintance, like yeah. a person that you just bump into, don't really have any relationship at all. Um, I I think with 
acquaintances, I would still encourage us to think about that potentially being a divine appointment. Like maybe this one-off thing, I have an opportunity to listen or to encourage. So you go to Walmart and as we've been talking a little bit with the gifts of the spirit, like I love praying and asking God like, hey, is there a word or a picture I can give this person that would draw them closer to your heart or uh, encourage them? Um, So we got acquaintance. Next one I think is just casual friendship. Um, So people maybe where you have mutual friends, kind of see each other every now and then. Um, I mean, thinking about like Instagram or TikTok videos, it's just like the progression of how guys become friends and like you walk past each other and do the little head nod and next one you like dap up after that, you're like, bro, come on, you know? Yeah. Um, So this casual friend, just this is like the head nod, like, hey, good to see you, you know? Yeah. Um, And I think with these friends, we want to make sure that we practice honesty and trustworthiness and really ultimately we just show up. Yeah. Like being around and, and being available. But then once we get to like this level three, this is, you know, like close friends, this is like fellowship where you do life together. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the verse you brought up in Proverbs, similar to uh, one that I found in Hebrews 3, uh, verse 13. Um, this is talking about engaging with one another daily and then lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So it's important to continually meet with people that you're close with yeah, because you may, in that isolation, find that your heart is hardening towards um, towards God's call to you. And sin, something that you you may have in the past been like, oh yeah, I, I don't do that. I, that's not me. That may become something like, well, I'm doing it consistently. And honestly, like not a whole lot of bad stuff is happening. Yeah. And your heart becomes hard. Uh, to that awareness that yeah. you are operating in sin. And the last one I just have is just intimate uh, friendship. So those, you know, maybe uh, I, I I remember looking at levels of friendship and thinking about Jesus and like he had his 72, he had his 12, he had his three, and then he had his, he had his one, you know, which maybe John was like, whatever, he talking about my beloved. <laughs> I mean, he wrote it about he himself, <laughs> so... But um, yeah, those intimate friendships, those are the ones where I think I know that I share things with my brother Mm -hmm. um, and I don't end up sharing them with others. And I want to kind of think about that or offer that question to you. What what are things that you think of that are really valuable to share with only a few people that are really close to you? Are there things that you feel like uh, it's valuable to share only with a few, or do you think that that is a wrong way of thinking? Yeah, I don't. I don't know that it's. I would think it's a wrong way of thinking. I guess my thought is like, as you lay out like those kind of levels of friends, my thought is like the only difference between those levels could just be like a little bit of authenticity and vulnerability that can move someone forward in that process. And I feel a lot of times what's easy is to just get so set in our current like quote unquote levels of friends, and then just say all right, so this person I'm just not going to be real with because they have not reached that level in my life. So instead of being open-minded, being like, okay, is there something I can do to further this relationship with this person that I kind of know and I kind of trust, but not all the way? Or have I just already decided that they're not going to be someone that's I'm letting into my life and really knowing my heart? And I guess my question is like, why is that? Because I know that's even how I think sometimes is like, okay, they're and I, I haven't adopted the level system until now, but uh, like, you know, there's like a level two friend, so I'm not going to tell them this. Sure. And it's like, okay, why? Yeah. Like, 
what what good does it do for me when they say like, hey, how are you? Why do sometimes like for some people I say like, oh, good. And then sometimes for other people, like if I saw another person on the same day, I'd say, honestly, not good. Having a bad day. Like, why is there a difference or a dichotomy between some of those things, which is what I'm trying to figure out. Uh, but to answer your question, which I didn't, uh, like of the initial like inner circle, I think there's some people, I think that like everything that goes on in your life, like the thoughts that you're thinking, um, like the actions that, that happen when no one's watching, I think there needs to be an inner circle in your life that knows absolutely everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, I just tell you, I don't think there's any way around that. Because again, like that's when you get isolated. That's when you're on your own and you don't allow yourself to be open to any kind of reproach or rebuke at all. So I think that's necessary. And as far as like, I don't have like a set list of topics. It's like, oh, this is the stuff you should keep just within you and yourself or whatever it is. If you're like a married dude and you're having trouble with lust for women you're not married to, yeah, like keep that probably just between you and like your close guys. Um, but that's still something you should talk about. So like obviously there's wisdom that comes along with this. Like James talks about asking for wisdom. So I think as we we think about sharing what's going on in our hearts with other people. We need to ask God and say, hey, will you give me wisdom on who I should let into this and who I should let speak into this? Um, and, I, and what I'm not saying is just like say everything to everybody and let everybody speak into your life. Yeah. I let a lot of people like quote unquote speak into my life. Like I'll listen to a lot of opinions, but there's not a ton of people that I'm just going to like take what they say super, super seriously just because I know that they're the ones that really know what's going on in my heart. So like they they fully get it. Um, and with that being said, it's, sorry, that threw me off a little bit. Um, yeah, there's some people that like their, their opinion is going to be the most valuable to me because they're the ones that have been there consistently. So I just know that like there's a levels to the amount of say that someone's going to have in my life. I think, yeah, the way that you answered that was helpful for me because the first word that I thought of, um, as you're kind of wrapping that thought of it, just like context. Yeah. Like the reason I, I share, um, basically everything with uh, the few is because I've kind of caught them up on everything up to this point in time. Mm-hmm. And so the context of whatever's happening right now, they're carrying like, oh, yeah, you're you're feeling that way. Uh, my guess is that last thing that happened back there like a year ago. So helpful. That um, is being triggered right there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as your friend, I know that that's something that you may be aware of, you might have your blinders on from, but right. this has been something that's tripped you up in the past. Yeah. And, um, you know, if I just went to that, what, level two or whatever language you want to use, friend, <laughs> and just shared the same, you know, instance, yeah. they don't quite have all the context and, right. and everything else that's been going on. And so, you know, the thing sometimes that maybe elevates the levels of circle or levels of intimacy with a friend is just sharing that information. Like, hey, yeah, I'm actually not having that great of a day. Thank you so much for asking. Mm-hmm. And actually, this may be kind of awkward for you. I think you may have just been asking how I'm doing, but I want to be honest with you and not just say the good thing. You not know? so hot. I mean, well, and sometimes, also, it does matter the environment that you're in. Yeah. If you're just in a coffee shop and they're on the way out the door and they ask, yeah, how's it going? Well, let me upload. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, nah. Um, but I, I do like the idea of having that freedom to want to share mm-hmm. what's going on in your life yeah. and feeling comfortable enough to trust that, you know, you maybe being a little bit vulnerable mm-hmm. um, would inspire somebody else to also practice that vulnerability. Yeah. I guess like my current thought, even so you texted a week ago, so I've been thinking about it for the last week or so. Yeah. As these things have come up and I've thought about like, because I've, I've honestly just had like a kind of a crazy two weeks myself with a lot going on life-wise, work-wise, things like that. Yeah. So even as I've thought about 
who do I want to talk about this with? My question has been, okay, why would I not want to talk about this with this person? And can I come up with a valid reason for it? And I've tried, I've kind of used that as my litmus test of like what I'm going to share with people. Do I have a valid reason not to? If I don't, I'll share it with them. Yeah. And I, again, and that's not like a one-off thing, but that's kind of how I've been thinking about it for the last week or so. Cool. Yeah, I like it. I think I'm pretty comfortable sharing. It may just be a personality thing. Yeah, you're a good bear. You're open. I like I like to share. I think that um, it's helpful for me to not feel like I'm keeping secrets mm-hmm. and I have to be like watch my words. I think that that may be it. I love words. Mm-hmm. I love expression um, through words. And if I can accurately articulate what I'm feeling or experiencing, or I can relay a story of an event that happened mm-hmm. that kind of feels like without bias and share it with somebody else. Right. Uh, I feel empowered to know that like power of life and death is in the tongue. Yeah. I just want to share. Yeah. Um, so I know that there is some personality component in there that maybe by default you don't like talking because you, you're anxious about not, you're anxious about misconstruing events yeah. or what happened. Um, and to that, I would just say, well, just practice. I mean, just talk yeah. to people and, hey, actually, I misspoke. I didn't mean to say that uh, she yelled at me. She was a little bit louder, yeah. uh, but I think honestly it was just because the AC unit was on yeah. and uh, wanted to make sure that I could hear her clearly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I did have one other verse uh, I want to make sure to share. It, it does have to do with those those close friends and, yeah. and the value of them. And this comes from First John one, and I think it was verse five and seven, not okay. five through seven. But God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we walk in the light, as He is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. So it kind of just goes back to that fellowship prompting um, that, yeah, like God does not exist. Uh, he, he can't cohabit, uh, what, what's the word? Cohabilitate. Can't live in the same area where, sure. where things are um, like kept secret from, mm-hmm. um, are, are hidden. In, in the light, like it exposes things. So. Right. With that fellowship, I, I know I've gone through different seasons with the group of guys that I live with um, where we've set up a weekly meeting with one another uh, to share what God's teaching us, what he's doing in our hearts, right. maybe areas where we've messed up, sinned, or just areas that we want to see growth in. And I think like my recommendation depends on everybody's schedule and whatnot, but pick a day and do it in the morning before everything else. Mm-hmm. I've tried the night thing and... Again, depending on your lifestyle, maybe it works out better, but somebody was always out of town or something else came up that was fun. And it was always a challenge. A great point, actually. To, to choose to say, oh, look, this thing is awesome. And I do really value this time. And if somebody doesn't show up because something like rare and fun came up, you don't really blame them, but it's also like, dang, they were missing. Yeah. Um, and, and that missing piece is actually that's really, that's so real. Yeah. Really, really valuable, especially whenever you get like five guys and only two show up. Um, so uh, I was just playing, but the early morning, um, before the rest of the day has started, you know, you make time for things and people that are important. Um, just like getting your quiet time at the beginning of the day, maybe you don't have to do it that way, but Mm -hmm. it does help. Uh, it has helped me in my own walk and my levels of friendship. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great thought. That's actually, I like that. Uh, I just got a text while we were recording this that made me laugh because it was along some more lines. Um, nice, but. Yeah, I think a few things, just as I would kind of wrap up my thought, yeah. is is one, 
Um, the other aspect is just like logistically, there are things in my life that I don't want everybody to know. Um, so like I was talking about this uh, with people about like work stuff last week with my small group and I had to circle back around and be like, hey, can you not mention that to other people? Because if people at work find out about that, that could have implications on what's happening here. It's like realistically, there are some things that I am going to want to tell people and not other people just because of the consequences of that conversation. Yep. And that's a real thing and I'll acknowledge that. Yep. Um, but then I think also I'd make a distinction between sharing what's going on in your heart as opposed to letting someone speak into your heart. Right. So just because I am open with somebody about what's going on in my life and what the Lord's doing does not mean that I'm going to immediately let them speak back into my life, especially if I don't have a relationship with them. The people that I'm letting speak into my life and into my spirit are the ones who I've been around. I know their character. I've seen the fruit of the spirit in their life. I have a thought out relationship um, and I'm still going to be open and honest with them. And then I'm going to let them speak back into it. But with some of my other friends that I'm not as close with, I'm still going to be open and honest. And I would like to get to the point where I know them well enough to be comfortable with them speaking into my life. Right. But just because I'm open does not always equal I'm taking what you say as gospel and putting it into my heart. And I feel like that's a distinction that kind of gets lost is people think, oh, if I, if I share this, I have to listen to their response and like take it super seriously. I just don't really think that's true. Well, I, being on the other side of sometimes the friend who's listening, mm -hmm. uh, I've, I've tried to institute a practice where I don't say anything yeah. um, until a green light has been given, you know, until like you're sharing about a tough thing that's going on in your life yeah. and you're just word vomiting and processing externally. And then you say, so what do you think? Mm -hmm. Or how would you respond? Or something like that. And honestly, it gets a little awkward mm -hmm. just smiling and nodding, right? saying thanks for sharing, um, because I think people are, are just not used to always having to ask for that because yeah. people are so willing to give their perspective and advice on something, even if it's not grounded in the Bible yeah. or truth. Oh, it's just, here's my immediate response on this mm -hmm. topic. Um, so like trying to practice that in my own life, I recognize that people's default behavior is just, hey, here's what I'm thinking and- Right. Maybe that's what you should do, I guess. Uh -huh. Yeah. It, you don't take their word. Sometimes uh, yeah, that, that gospel truth response that someone may come, hey, you need to, you should do this. No, you don't actually. Like there, there, are, there are a few people in your life. Um, I would say mentors are a great example. Mm -hmm. Person who has some fruit that you want to replicate mm -hmm. and you're sharing things with and they give you advice because they have a bigger picture. Um, they've been through things that you're currently going through or similar shared experiences right. and they can advise you on what would be best. Hey, here's a little pitfall over here. I remember thinking that same way. Here's what I would advise to do. Yeah. And yeah, so those, that, that's a good, uh, word of wisdom to not necessarily jump to any advice that is offered. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't like this one because there's so many hot takes out there and some people have some really strong thoughts on boundaries. Um, honestly, I'm not super into like the whole leadership pod or like any of the Brene Brown stuff and sure. what to do with your feelings and all that, uh, which is good. So hopefully this was just a little bit of a different, maybe more relatable conversation on boundaries. Sometimes, sometimes those other conversations stress me out because I feel like I have, I have to have the super structured like boundary list in my mind of like what's going on. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like where you're like, well, if we haven't done this and then yeah. X and Y and you got to do math to figure out if you can share something. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of hoops to jump through. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah, I like talking about this. Thanks for talking with me. Any 
music recommendations? We haven't done that in a while. Oh, dude, I love it. Let me pull out my phone and get it going for you. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, again, we'll plug them because there are two different music things that are going on right now. Zach Winters just had his Kickstarter. Yeah, he did. He had a goal of raising 30000 and he got it on the last day. It was dramatic. I was following really? every single day. Yeah. But uh, he's going to actually write a book of poetry as well in really? conjunction with his awesome. album. Which Love is- Zach. And then uh, my so-called band is playing uh, this Saturday, which is the covers band, the alternative rock early okay. 2000s. Yeah. So they're playing. In Tulsa? Oh, yeah. You they going? come like once a month. Have you never been? No. Dude, they're not faith-based. in. <laughs> I just, it's nostalgic and it's fun. And I feel like I see half of Tulsa there whenever I go. Well, it's incredible. Uh, right now, the, the song that is the bop is I Feel Like Dancing by The Night Game. Okay. I've heard that. Uh I will send it to you okay. because there's these orchestra hits, which I can't do a great job of describing what it is, but it's reminiscent of 90s music okay. where it's just a bunch of noise ah, at one point in time. Uh-huh. And it's awesome, dude. Yeah. I, I love it. I, I My friend gave me this song the same day that I saw that the Anaheim Ducks are doing a retro jersey that's reminiscent of the Mighty Ducks. So right. just a good combo there. Right. You got any music for me? Um, I pretty much during the summer, all I listen to is country music. Yeah. And then I'll do the worship music. Actually, I saw this new worship album today. I wasn't even thinking about this. It's called Time. Okay. By Chris Davenport. Uh, very rich theologically, like great lyrics, really well written. I'm very into that. Uh, cause there's a lot of bad worship songs out and that's a great album. It's Time by Chris Davenport. Uh, but country music wise, I'm very into Megan Maroney recently. And if my roommates listen to this, they'll laugh at it because it's all I talk about. Her album Lucky is so good. I just love country music. And it's, listen, I like all kinds of country folk, like the new stuff, the old stuff. It's probably more of the newer stuff, but she's coming to Tulsa in September and I'm going. And I'm so excited. You already buy your ticket? Not two of them, baby. Duh. I don't even know what I'm doing with the second one yet. Hey, man. <laughs> that is prophetic. Uh, that's awesome. I'll end mine with a, a Christian one too. Upper mm-hmm. Room, Come and Behold. Yeah, dude, I can just sit there and just classic. Yeah, I, it's been been on my little rotation. So, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for being here. Uh, we are not posting consistently, and we broke our own theme, <laughs> our own series. So, we're we'll fix that. We're glad you're here. All right, we'll get back on track next week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.